Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. And my name is Bennett Pomerantz, and the show is called Anything Goes. And my guest today is S. Evan Townsend. And I'm just, I'll tell you, it has been a week uh, of of so much stuff going on here. Uh, they've reopened the state of Maryland fully to stage three. I don't know if that means, you know, you can go to a movie or whatever. I'm staying home with my movies. I don't need to go out. There hasn't been a good movie since 1985, but that's beside the point. <laughs> and I will talk to that about with my guest, but uh, I wanted to say this to all of you. Uh, if I haven't said it lately, it's been, you know, this show is done and we, I, if you have feedback, Audio World at Yahoo dot com. If I can say it, I'll be happy. Audio World at Yahoo dot com. Please give me feedback. If you have a guest in mind, tell me how to get a hold of them. If they want to come, I will surely put them on. There are a couple of guests I'd love to have, but they're saying no, no, no. I'll do it after the pandemic. If it happens, it happens. And I don't want to just sort of like somebody said, well, you said such and such a guest will be here. If they're here, I would love them here. If not, it doesn't happen. And I'm sorry to say it. So let me get to my guest who is a, 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 how can I say this about this gentleman? He's a fantasy writer that I admire. That's a good way. I, I think that's good. What do you think, Mr. Townsend? I'm actually a fantasy and science fiction writer. Um, funny enough, when I started this writing gig, I thought of myself as a science fiction writer, and then I wrote five fantasy books. So, um, yeah, and I'm glad that you, you, uh, you know, it forms the cockles of my heart for you to say that you admire me. That that, uh, that makes me feel good. Well, I, I like what you got. I mean, you 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 sent me a couple of books, and I've admired them. I read them. I think they're great. They're this side of pulp, not pulp fiction, pulp, pulp. You know, yeah. the, the G8s, and and I grew up with the 1940s and 19 Doc Savage and and G8 and his battle aces and. And uh, even the shadow, the not the radio shadow. I'm talking the book shadow, the Walter Gibson stuff. Um, as I said, Doc Savage and that kind of stuff. You, you're in that kind of vein, if I can say that without you getting insulted. No, that's, uh, that kind of book is actually my inspiration for almost everything I write. I, I know I'm borderline pulp, or sometimes I go over the border. <laughs> And uh, I, oh, you've trolled you know, close to the border. Trust me, you have. Yeah, and well, like my my novel, which came out sort of like five years ago, um, Treasure of the Black Hole. I basically took Sam Spade and put him in the future. You know, the the, the pulp detective in the, into three thousand years in the future, and he has to deal with aliens and. And princesses and 
and other people who want to kill him. Yeah, but was he a 1930s or 40s detective, sort of like that? And, I mean, he just suddenly was magically appeared or how did, how did, what happened? No, no, no. No, I just, he, he, he's a contemporary person for 3000 years from now, but I sort of wrote the book in the style and as a homage to the 1930s, 40s, uh, hardcore, hardcore, that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, anyway, the pulp detectives. Who's your favorite pulp detective? Oh, Sam Spade. That'd be, you know, the Maltese Falcon. Oh, God, that's, that's the steady, my foolish heart. He, yeah. if, if, if most people don't know who, okay. They only know the Maltese Falcon from the bogey movie. Believe me, you right. need to read the book. You yeah, need book to is... read the glass key and some of the other wonderful ones. Yeah. And, you know, and they're quick everybody reads. knows I mean, they won't take you long. Yeah, but you know, yep. funny. I was talking at a class about a year ago, and I said Earl Digger, Earl Digger Biggs, and they looked at me like who? And I said Charlie Chan. Oh, you mean the guy on Saturday morning? <laughs> I said, no, that's what they, that's not the books. That's the, the uh, stuff that Universal did. And I love Universal. I have nothing against Charlie Chan. I love Charlie Chan. But uh, the books had more to them. Yeah. Now, I enjoy the movie. I'm sorry, you have or have not? I haven't read, I have not. I have not read the Charlie Chan books. I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, wait a second. You've been slapped, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, Not your wife, butt. You just your wrist. Yeah, yeah. I tell my wife, so many books, so little time. Oh, I, I hey, and now that it's all, mostly online these days, you can't even yeah. go to a library? You yeah. got to find them online, and you know, do what you have to do. Well, there's there's like a million books on Kindle. How do you uh, how do you stand out from that crowd? You get the classics like uh, Charlie Chan and and all the other good ones, and then and then you decide which of the non new ones you want to read. Like yeah. as I said, Charlie Chan and. I mean, I love some of the the classics they have. They don't... If you've got a book that's from, like, 1930s, they don't know what to do with it. Right. Because they 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 think... uh, Go ahead. It's too old. Too old. Or they don't treat women right. They don't treat minorities right. I'm like, that was the world in 1930. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or I was talking to someone about uh, Doc Smith, you know, E.E. E. Smith's Lensman series. Yeah, I know who E.E. Smith is. Yeah, written in the early 20th century. And they're saying he doesn't treat women well. I go, for when he wrote those, he treated women really well. You know, he had, he was breaking barriers. You know, you can't judge books written in 1940 by 2020 standards. I'm sorry. Well, look at uh, look at Edgar Rice Burroughs. I mean, God, the way he treated women, it was uh, yeah, God. <laughs> yep. And every everybody remembers Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan. Because of the Universal miniseries, you know, not miniseries, right, right. but you know what yeah, I'm saying. The Tarzan movie, yeah. and they should read the books. The yeah. Jewels I, of Okar. I haven't read the Tarzan books, but I've read the uh, Barsoom books. 
Every single you know one. what? I, but I'm saying, you see how they treat women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like a misogynist reading it. Well, and and you can say, hmm, this is not up to modern standards, and still enjoy the book, and not be a misogynist. You just have to say this was written in the 1930s, and this is the way the world was. I agree with you. Yeah. And 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 don't feel upset because women aren't treated and minorities and uh, aren't treated like they should be. <laughs> and as, as we do in our enlightened age. Well, let me ask you. You're a man of the world and I know you are. Uh tell me about your new book because I I'd like to hear about the one that just came out that's on Amazon for sale so people can go and get it and make you a small fortune, rich man. (laughs) That'd be great. Um, Well, it just came out yesterday, and, um, you know, it was just approved by uh, Amazon, and it's called uh, Chumba of the Intelligence Corps, Book One, The Smugglers of Mars. And, and Titus Chumba is the first lieutenant in the Core Empire Intelligence Corps, and they send him to Mars to find out who is smuggling water, and water is precious in space. And what he finds is not only are they smuggling water, but there's a conspiracy that reaches from Earth all the way to the asteroid belt, and the evil, he thinks, reptile-like Malbachians are somehow involved. And he has to fight to stop a cold war from turning hot. Well, let me ask you a question, okay? Because I grew okay. up on Pope. I grew up on Pope book, Pope characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you find that we've missed many? You know, everything is so antiseptic these days. Right. Am I making sense about the idea of antiseptic? Everything has to be correct. Exactly. I'm sorry, nobody was politically correct when uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote. Right. And I love Edgar Rice Burroughs. But, but yeah, yeah. He wasn't politically I'm correct. I'm using Edgar Rice Burroughs not because of the Tarzan books, but he wrote a lot of Pulp Fiction. Doc yeah. Savage. And I don't mean, yeah. you know, he was a uh, bronze man. Think The Rock. With the bronzeness right. of him, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hate to say it, if there were, if there would be uh, a, um, you know, if they were going to do it again, I would love The Rock to play Doc yes. Savage. Yes. I don't know if he would have his Fatal Five team with him. <laughs> and I would, you know, I don't know who he'd select, but I would be amazed to see what and who would happen because they, you know, a lot of times they have things and they have actors or artists and everything's a package deal. Yep. I mean, I would love to see The Rock play Doc Savage. Uh, You remember the I mean, you remember Doc Savage, right? Barely, but yeah, I do. (laughs) And I don't mean Ron Ely. He was no Doc Savage. No. I think I'm a little bit younger than you, Bennett. Just a touch. I'm an old man. What can I tell you? I'm old. Yeah. I mean, I was well, I reading. Just, uh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I just turned 60 about two months ago. So. Oh, yeah, I'm only a year older. So, oh, really? Well, you're, you're, yeah, you're wise me. beyond your years. Well, let's say it this way. My father believed, my late father believed in reading. And you know how we used to have to write a book report. And I would yeah. come up to the teacher with a pulp with a pulp book. <laughs> and the teacher didn't know what to do. When I was reading uh I was reading The Shadow and Doc Savage and G eight, as I said, I, I mentioned those guys before. But and yeah. she said, Oh, well, show us a book and I showed her it was a book. And she was like, she didn't know what to do. Or or the stories of Ray Bradbury. Oh, God. You yeah. know, I, I, I loved Ray as a person. And, oh, yeah. And also as a storyteller. And I was showing her the Martian Chronicles. And she didn't need, this is a, a teacher in the fifth grade who didn't know what yeah. the Martian Chronicles was. Oh, my gosh. You got to remember yeah, this was <clears throat> years ago. Yeah, Ray Bradbury was a great guy, and he was a great writer, and I admire him greatly. Well, I I knew Ray. He was a lovely man. Um, oh, wow. He mussed my hair up enough. I at that time had hair. <laughs> Wow. And I'm, uh, I'm uh, envious. Stick with me. I'll ta- I'll take you to with other people. I always remembered uh, a gentleman named Robert B. Parker, who I enjoy, who wrote the Spencer novels, and yeah. Evan Hunter. Yeah. Evan Hunter, Robert B. Parker, and I were on panel. I was moderating it, and Evan Hunter, if you don't know was the writer called Ed McBain. He also oh, wrote okay. The Birds. He also wrote um, Matthew Hope books. He didn't write nothing, you know. He just wrote Mystery Pope. Uh, well, I remember reading know, one of his novels, uh, 82nd Precinct novels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were was... only... There it was a hundred. No, there wasn't a hundred. There were like sixty of them. But you know, you had a writer yeah. like him, and a writer like Parker. They're both okay, they're both hard boiled writers. Right. One had a team of the eighty seventh, and the other had Spencer. And Jeez. this man. Oh, and I'm in between. And it's like, which one does not belong? And you just want to put the red circle around <laughs> me. Um, they were they were they were great. I call them great writers, and I wish either one was still with us with what yeah. they're doing. Ace Atkins does not even have a candle next to Parker's original stuff. Yeah. Um, his Spencer novels are this, and Ed McBain. We don't have to even you, you put a candle, in the, you know. Parker and and uh, Robert B. Parker and Ed McBain could talk for hours, and they could tell right. you stories. Writers today can tell stories, but don't tell stories about agents mm-hmm. and about things like that. Right. And you just want to be a little kid at, in front of them going... Yes, Daddy. Tell me more. They amaze <laughs> me, and they don't. They writers like that don't uh, don't do that. Tom Clancy was a great guy that did that. Yeah, you know, I've been around for a couple of weeks. I know some of these people, and yeah. and you love listening, and I love listening to you because I'm wondering where you get your inspiration for your books. Well. That's a tough question. Part of my inspiration okay. comes from well, reading the books. Well, I want books. tough answers. I'm yeah, sorry? Part of it comes from 
reading other books. For example, this whole now going on seven book series of starting with the treasure of the black hole and going to end with a book that's not titled yet. Um, that came from reading pulp books like the Maltese, such as the Maltese Falcon, the, the books I wrote, the three ones I'm putting out uh, this, well, not this week, but in the next month, um, sort of were inspired by Paul Anderson's, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of the character, but he wrote books about a guy who was um, in the intelligence of the of an empire, and so I sort of I didn't steal. I was I was inspired by that to write something, take my own spin on that. Um, God, what was that guy's name? Can't remember. Anyway, I'm sorry. It wasn't the Keith book. No, no, that wasn't it. Um, it was a whole series of books he wrote about this guy. And, he's, and what, the first book, well, it wasn't the first book written. But the first book in the series, he's an ensign. And by the time the book's over, the series is over, he's an admiral. And, and, uh, hornblower? No, not hornblower. Oh. Can't, can't, can't find the book. Anyway. It's not 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 to worry about, but but it's a it's a great uh, great series, and I, I loved reading them. And then when I started writing this, I said, you know, I'm going to have this guy be in the intelligence corps, he's going to be an intelligence officer, and he's going to go out and have adventures. And that was my whole inspiration. Did you ever read the Stainless Steel Rats? Yes. Harry Harrison's book, and There's what did you think too. of it? They were good. They were borderline pulpy, but they were good. They were well done. They were fun to read. Well, a friend of mine talked to me about six months ago. He says, you're old because you remember books they don't print anymore. (laughs) And I said, yeah, but I'm old. Uh, You know, I... And I'm telling them books that to read, and they're like, where do I find them? And I give them links, and I tell them to look it online. Um, yeah. There are many. What books inspire you? Um, what books inspire me? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, your, your current book or one of the recent ones, like a Sam Spade. The Maltese Falcon. The, the, okay. What books inspire you? You know, there's, um, yeah, there's so many. That's the problem. Books inspire me. Take your time. I, I, we got two hours. <laughs> Go ahead. Take your time. Yeah, there's Larry Niven books. There's uh, um, Flandry. That was the guy's name. Um I was trying to think of. There, there's Larry Niven books. There's um, Paul Anderson books. Robert Heinlein was a huge inspiration for me. Um, he also kind of affected my politics, and, <laughs> and much to some people's dismay. And, um, gee, and and then I've read Tom Clancy. I've read almost every Tom Clancy book there ever was. If you read my novel Rock Killer, some people have said it's Tom Clancy in space. <laughs> okay, is that good or bad? Um, so, what inspires me are books. Sometimes I'll, I'll see something scientific. I, I was I was watching a, a, a documentary on Jupiter, and I, they talked about Io, the moon of Io, and I went, you know what? I'm going to write a scene on that moon because it's just going to be amazing. I wrote this scene, and it was amazing. Of course, no one else has read it yet because I'm still working on that book. But, you know, you get inspiration where you, where you get it. You, you read um, Hammer of Thor, right? Yes, I have. That was Larry Nippon. Yeah. No, that, that was my book, Hammer of Thor. Well, you know, it's funny. Somebody says, as as they said it before to me, you you 
only think of old books and old things, and it's like, <laughs> I'm not that old to remember it. I enjoy a good book. It can yeah. be fiction novel, a pulp novel, anything. And, you know, I was reading books, I can't say when I came out of the womb, but like eight, I was, okay, uh, I, okay, I was, I used to lug for, but when I was 10, I was lugging and reading War and Peace. Yes, <clears throat> War and Peace. And everybody would say, is that your mommy or daddy's book? No, sir, it's mine. No. Oh, you know about that book? And I started telling him, he says, that's nice. You know. Well, nobody's read it. I'm sorry? Nobody's read that book. Uh, Very few people have actually read that book. Because it's huge. It's long. It's it's dense. It is dense. Oh, God. And I read The Unabridged Three Musketeers. Wow. And try to... Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking, they divide it up now into two books, Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers. But from yeah. the beginnings of D'Artagnan, coming from being a country bumpkin to being a musketeer, and then Milady, uh, yeah. who, oh, yeah. And you try to tell them about the Three Musketeers. Oh, yeah, the candy bar. <laughs> And That's you feel old. Funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but oh, I know. the you three musketeers were, were great. Alexander Dumas, the man of the iron mask. Yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, that was uh, the further adventures of the three musketeers. Yeah. Uh and uh, look at, as I said, uh, the Man in the Iron Mask has been done so many. Look at Lethal Weapon and a lot of other TV and movies. It's really yeah. the Three Musketeers. Yeah. And sometimes oh, yeah. it was very long down to two. But still. Yep. So what classics people... are your favorites? Other than Niven. Other than Niven, well, Island, as I said, Paul, Paul Anderson. Um, have you read all of the uh, Sherlock Holmes books and short stories? I own two collections of the abridged, uh, not the abridged, the uh, annotated versions. Wow. Yeah, I don't think mine's annotated, but I, I only have one. And it's well read. <laughs> I, I have the the annotated, and there's the, in one of the first stories. There's a recipe for a, a concoction that was big in the 1800s, and it's in the pe- oh. it's in the text. But you know they they say he ate such and such. And on right. the uh, on the side in the annotated version, it has the recipe. Now I wouldn't <laughs> cool. suggest making it, but it, you know it's like, yeah, would I would I would I make it? Yeah, if I could, I would. Yeah, yeah that's that's cool. And yeah, but, and they um, had the train where where you know where they say he took the train and the train went. From this station to this station, and you saw right. the map route. That's the okay. amazing thing about buying an annotated book. I also have the annotated Frankenstein and the annotated Dracula. Oh, God, some of the things in those books. Today, people are like, they don't know what they're missing. That's what I wish. I wish there was annotated Tom Plant because I'd read those books and I'd go, I'd sure like to see a map or I'd sure like to have a description of this weapon he's talking about, you know, a picture of it and something. Yeah, but um, if you had that, okay, the Clancy books are like 600 pages. Yeah. Okay? They'd be a thousand and pages. Then, yeah. It'd be a thousand pages. 
And it'd be a pain in the tushy to read and enjoy and savor and everything else and everything. And the problem is, I don't think people have the patience to do that. And half the things are online, and I don't, and I don't think they make a version for online. I really don't. I wish they would. Let me do a little homework for next week because people are going to get pissed if I don't. Okay. On the 24th, the actress, the poet, the filmmaker, Jean-Marie Spacusa, will be my guest in the hot seat. And believe me, she's ready for it. She's been telling me for two weeks. October 1, (laughs) Nenea Hoffman, blogger. Wonderful, wonderful lady. And if you haven't read some of her work, she is fascinating. Um, Carrie Ezell will be on October 8th. And on the 15th will be Louis uh, Lily. If I say Louis, I'll be dead. Louis, yeah, Louis. Lily Luchette. Luce. L-U-C-H-E-S-T. Luchette. I, I, if my pronunciation is terrible. And on the 22nd, Alvin Jones, political pundit, commentator, will be talking politics with me. And on the 29th, God bless me, Yvonne Mason will be coming here, and it'll be great. And on November 5th, oh, God, we'll have Christine Nolfi. And on November 12th, we will have Sean Fisher, who is a comedian, a political activist. Oh, and just to hear that lady is great. And on the 19th, health permitting, Lindsay Downs will be here, and then we'll be off for Thanksgiving. So it'll be a lovely time, folks. And then we'll be redoing formats, and in January... I will have a round discussion, round panel discussion with maybe more than one writer or more than one artist and talking what's going on with them, you know? So it'll be nice. Uh, Do you want to tell them all the books you have out on Amazon so they can buy your stuff, sir? Um, If I can remember them all. Try. Let's see. Try. 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 Um, there's Hammer of Thor, which was my first published novel. It's a fantasy set during World War II. There's um, Agent of Artifice, which is a um, sort of a sequel to Hammer of Thor that's in the same universe. It's part of my Adept series. It's set during the Cuban Revolution, the late 50s, early 60s. Um, What's it called? Book of Death is uh, the third book in that series. It's set in the 1970s or 60s, excuse me, 1968 exactly. And then um, Gods of Strife is set in the 1970s, and it's the uh, third book in that series. And then there's The Terror of Tombstone, which is set in uh, the 1880s in the Arizona Territory. And it's about a magic user who gets wrapped up trying to uh, figure out a problem with a with an evil magic user who is using stones to kill people. It's better than it sounds, I guess. I hope. <laughs> That's the Adept series. And then um, I've got a standalone science fiction called Rock Killer. I've got another standalone science fiction called Forces. Um, and then there's this... Um, series that I call Treasures of Space, that's Treasure of the Black Hole, Treasure of the Pirate Planet, and Treasure of the Rogue Moon. And then finally, came out yesterday, uh, Chuba of the Intelligence Core, Book One, The Smugglers of Mars. And I also have a short story on Amazon called um, To End All Wars. It takes place mostly during World War One. Let me ask you, James. James is meant to give me a mention here. 
Hi, James. How are you? Uh, James said, how does your author get his ideas? Um, I, I, I buy steady, sturdy desk, and I pound my head against it until I get tired of the squishy sound. Um, I don't know where the ideas come from. Like Henry Thor, I was doing my daily walk uh, one morning, and I remember having the specific thought there were magic users in World War II. And that was my inspiration for Hammer of Thor. Now, the book mm-hmm. ended up being from 1932 through 1950, but the seed, the kernel of inspiration was magic users in World War II. And that just came to me out of the blue. And have you and ever then, had an idea? Okay. Uh, Darcy asks, have you ever had an idea and, and done nothing with it or, or had it laid around the house for months or years? <laughs> or forever? Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you want me to ask her? Darcy, what do you think? You think you think it's years? Yeah. She, years. she gave I'm, me a shrug, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had the problem with these ideas I've had that lie around for years is I don't remember them. And so I can't tell you about them, but I've had ideas. Um, you know, I wanted to write a sequel to rock killer and a, and a prequel to rock killer. And those went nowhere. Um, I thought about writing a, a sequel to forces and that went nowhere. Um, just because, a, I have other books to write, and B, I could never come up with a, a good plot, a good character. You know, something was missing, plot, character, setting. Usually I can come up with a setting, but the plot and the character, those are tough ones for me. Jenna asked, I, I, well, to me, I think, yeah. But Jenna okay. asks here, do you, do you plan ahead with your book? Or they just come? Um, yes and no. Usually they just come. I, I sit down and start writing. For example, the uh, Smugglers of Mars, I was bored one day. I thought, well, I'll write a short story. And now it's a free book series. Um, <laughs> but uh, I planned this three book series. I planned from the beginning it was going to be three books. I kind of had an idea where they were going to go. And... Um, so I planned these three books. Usually, I just sit down, start writing, and see where it goes. Well, I never okay. planned to do five adaptations. You never planned. A, you never planned a book, or or what? I don't. No, I'm. I'm. You know what they call a pantser or a discoverer. I just write. Who are your favorite authors? Thank, well, that's the way Thank you, Judy, for asking the question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you, Judy. No problem. Um, I mentioned that before. Uh, Robert Heinlein, Larry Niven, uh, Paul Anderson, um, Ray Bradbury, um, Tom Clancy. I'm almost afraid to admit that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, that, He's dead. Yeah. What is he going to do? Treat you from the rave? Yeah, I know a lot of people who don't like Tom Clancy. Um, let's see, who? Uh, Hamill, uh, Dashiell Hammett. Um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I love the Sherlock Holmes books and short stories, and uh, that's that's pretty much all of them. Is that enough? <laughs> Oh, hey, I, I'm just—I'm letting our listeners do all the work. I'm just sitting here and watching the chat room and and, and seeing all the. Yeah. See, I've got two chat rooms running. I have uh, the one that we have our show in, and of course another one where I get a mystery questions come up. I can't mysteriously. It might not be the the word, but. They ask me questions, and I just basically, I try to find a way to seek into the question, 
and I shut yeah. up. Let me rephrase myself. It's not that I don't shut up. Is I shut up. And your but where are your books these days so people can find it? They're on Amazon and paperbacks are on Barnes and Noble, except for Smugglers of Smugglers of Mars that hasn't made it there yet because it just it just got on Amazon yesterday. Um, but if you really want to find out about all my books. About me, about my social media, and everything you need to know about me, you can go to my blog. Excuse me, not my blog. You can go to my website. You can go to my blog, too. But you can get to my blog from my website. My website, which is seventownsend.com. No spaces, no capitals, just seventownsend.com. Mm-hmm. So. What do you have upcoming? I don't mean the book that's coming. It just came out. I mean, what do you have upcoming? Well, in two weeks about, I'm going to release The Free Species War, which is book two in the uh, series. About two weeks after that, I'm going to release The the Eurotian Spheres, which is what happens when you make up a name of an alien race. and that's going to come out. That's book three in the three-book series. And now I'm working on uh, – I don't have a title for this book yet. The working title is The Emperor. And it's where Titus Chumba decides he's going to kill the emperor. And it's harder than he thinks it's going to be. And it's about 40,000 words right now, almost 50. Uh, and my goal is a little over 60. I think you're going to go over it, but that's me. I'm, I'm predicting. I'm predicting magic. I, I don't always. I don't always predict <laughs> things well, but I do. Yeah. Um, that's. I wrote sixteen hundred words today on that. Let me ask you a question. Have you sure. met any of your? Have you ever met your heroes, writing heroes? No. Never have. I live in a small town in Washington State. I, you know, <laughs> I don't have these opportunities. The air often. quality is terrible. I'm sorry. Yes, we we were we went down to unhealthy today, which was a great improvement over hazardous, which we had for three or four days. Now, I you know. To me, uh, how can I express it? Do you think this pandemic will be over soon? That okay? That's from uh, Candy. No. The C, no, excuse me. The K A N D I. She asks, "Is it going to be over soon?" And since you're a science fiction author, what do you think? Um, if they get a vaccine that works and people actually do it. I, I have a lot of people I know that are saying, I'm not going to get that vaccine. I'll, I'll grow a third hand out of my head um, or something like that. Uh, are you going to have one or they are? They aren't. I am. Um, but if they have a good vaccine and we get enough people to take it, this, this pandemic will be over. But I think that's six months down the road at least. Now let me ask you this And this is sounding really Okay Okay This is from Diane Have you ever been down Yeah that's okay She said As an author you ever been down to your last mental dollar and still had nothing else to, to fill a page with? Hmm. Yeah. And, and usually what I do in that case is I have to take a break 
maybe read something inspiring like a Robert Heinlein novel or short story. Give it a day or two of not worrying about the novel. And right then, usually something percolates in the brain if I do that. And, uh, yeah, I've wiped myself out where I can't, I can't type another word. And, and my record is 8,000 words in one day. And um, that was the climax of uh, Treasure of the Black Hole. But um, if, if I'm going well, I can write between 1,000 and 1,500 words a day um, if, I, if I can write. I, yesterday I was too busy to write because I was getting this book out. And um, But, yeah, you get down to that last gasp. You're running out of gas, and it's just like take a break. You know, don't 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 kill yourself trying to write because what you write will suck. How many? Okay, this is from Stanley. Stan, not Stan Lee, but Stanley. That's his <laughs> name. Okay. It was really funny. I had a Stan Lee, the the original Stan Lee, message. And oh, Stanley, ask him how Spider-Man is. And I said, no, no, no. Okay, fine. But this is from Stanley, <laughs> and he asks, um, how many times do you re-edit a book after you've written it? I re-edit it at least three times, and then uh, my wife proofreads it. And then a friend of mine proofreads it, who's a, a genius. She's she's a very good proofreader. And then I have my wife read it to me out loud. Uh, as I hear things that I don't necessarily see when I'm right when I'm reading it. You know, like word repetitions and clunky phraseology and things like that. And then I send it out for betas. The only, the only problem is my wife won't say swear words. <laughs> All she has and to she do is a, call me, send me the text, I'll say the swear word. Oh, okay. Because, you know, there's a rhythm to writing, there's a rhythm to sentences. And, and when she won't say the swear word, it, it screws up the rhythm. And she messes me the page, I'll say it for you. <laughs> And they aren't even bad swear words. They're like hell and damn and, you know, they're not words we can't say on the air. Understood. But she's 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 a gentle soul. How long have you been married to this lovely young lady? Let's see. This is 19 – it will be 39 years this December. Much, much congratulations. Thank you. Much, much congratulations. And she's put up with you? No. Yeah. I'm That's kidding. amazing. Isn't you it? know that. I know. <laughs> I was married to mine for 26 years until she passed. But, oh, yeah, I, she, she was... Uh, when I was doing something, she would tell me what I was doing wrong before I did it. <laughs> I, I used to, okay, this is years ago. I used to do science fiction conventions. Yeah. I would pack on Thursday, leave on Friday, because a lot of the conventions were like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, yeah. Maryland, um, one was in North Carolina. But you went to the convention, and you're like a god for for three days. Oh, Mr. Pomerantz, yeah. oh, my God, I love you, oh, my God. Yeah, and I touched my ring, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and you come back. You're tired, and she gives you dress and take out the trash. Yes, dear. <laughs> you knew where your place was. 
I mean, she wanted to hear about the convention. Do you see anybody? Yeah, I saw this person. I saw that person. I saw Jean. I saw Antoine. I saw Bill. I saw this person. You know, oh, God. Okay, yeah. I mean, most of these people now are no longer with us. Right. And somebody said, how can you say they're no longer, they died. I mean, you know. But we have their books. We have their books. We have their paintings. We have their things. And, oh, God, they were very special people. Yes. And now they're no longer and now they're no longer with us and you know they used I used to you know con- science fiction conventions you were there Friday and you had to meet the guests but people were like um I remember I did a Balticon okay and I came in on for on Thursday and I'm in the elevator okay and people are accosting me, not being rude accosting, but like, oh, Bennett, oh, my God, good to see you. And do that. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get to the desk to register. Okay? And by the time I got there, the person at the desk looked at me and says, half an hour, 45 minutes after I was trying to get there, and just said, I know who you are, Pomerantz. Here's your packet. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. I wish they would. I used to love good science fiction conventions because we used to get panels. You had panels where you had uh, Dick Dizel, which is Count Gore Duvall, and Elizabeth Black, and I and and uh, other people talking vampires. Right. And the panel would start at 9, be over at 10, and we'd be in a hallway from 10 to 12 still talking about it. I mean, that's how it was just, it was that much fun, Okay. Yeah. And the next morning at breakfast, some of the ones that left the panel because they were tired which went up to you that morning were talking to you again about the panel. Yeah. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just they listening do, to you. They don't ever do those anymore. I wish they would. No. Yeah. Well, I my first science fiction convention was in uh, southern Washington. It's called RadCon. And I was on this panel about mixing genres because I kind of do that with my my fantasy novels. And I sit down and the woman next to me introduces herself as Tanya Hoffman. And I went, that name sounds familiar. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and she starts talking about her her books and her television show. <laughs> Come to find out, she's this really known, well-known Canadian writer I hadn't ran into, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not worthy to be here," but I held my own. Afterwards, I fainted, but I held my own. Well, I mean, have you've never met some of your your favorites, your no. people that you know. What I need to do is go to like uh, Los Angeles, go to a con there. I might meet some. Might meet Larry Niven since he's still alive. He's still alive. Well, I remember when Ray Bradbury and I got together. Oh my God. He just kept, at that time I had hair and he kept mussing it up. I was like <laughs> the young prodigy. He kept mussing my hair up. (laughs) That was the fun part. Yeah. It was like, you're the kid. (laughs) I'm not, I'm 61 years old. I'm still, he, he was still alive. I'd still be the kid, you know? Uh, But the kid had 
Oh, well, I didn't mind being, at that time, being the kid. This was 20 years ago. Right. And, and now I'm, I'm the kid, you know. Uh, and people would introduce me to such and such. And some of the friends I have on shows, like next week I have Jean Marie Spacusa. She, yeah. she knew of me. And suddenly, I'm this this person that, that's on the radio talking to her, and it's like, oh my God, you're him! I've been talking to you <laughs> online for so many years, and now you know it's here. Yeah. Well, you said you live in Maryland, and I live in Washington State. That we're going to run into each other on the street. Ah, yeah. When when the when it, when I'm able to travel and you're able to travel, I'd love to to run into you. Yeah. Well, I was actually in Maryland two about two years ago for my nephew's wedding in uh, what was the name of that town? Chesterville or something? Chesterville. I know where Chesterville is. Oh my God! You should come back. Yeah, it was a, it was a quaint little town. You were in the downside of Maryland, whereas you try to tell somebody, you know, it's like uh, Maryland. Oh, you guys don't have any, you know, like yeah. Oh, there was cornfields and soybean fields, and it was. Oh, I understand that. It was a lot like where I live now. Well, it's funny. I have friends in upstate New York. Yeah. And I I I was I was near Syracuse and I was teaching uh, I was teaching in Syracuse. And it's like you're in upstate New York. Near Syracuse yeah. University and uh I felt at home. I mean, I went to I was a writer in residence in Iowa and the kid looked at me like what do you write? And I felt, you know, I was I was teaching these kids about censorship and things like that. This yeah. is years ago. Uh, and these people did not know what to say. Not that the teachers didn't, but I taught some of the teachers. You know, nowadays news passes... You know, we can. I can have a connection and talk to you. Uh, dare I say, at the other side of the universe, if you know what I mean, the other yeah. side of the world. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Whereas, media. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, as you say, with social media, Facebook, Twitter, what what have you, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, which I don't know anything about. You can. Meet people from the other side of the world. <laughs> oh, I understand. Well, let me wrap up. And why don't you give your books are available on where, and if they want an autograph copy, tell them all these lovely facts. Um, if you want to find my books, go to my website at fevantownsend.com. No spaces or underlines, just s7thousand.com. If you want a signed book, you can contact me through there. I'd love to send you a signed copy. I don't have any copies of Smugglers of Mars yet because it came out yesterday. But um, you can contact me there. You can sign up for my newsletter. I don't spam you. I haven't sent out a newsletter for over a year because I don't want to annoy people, even though, you know, that's what marketing is. And um, please. Take, take a look at my website, s7thompson.com, or you can go to my blog, blog.s7thompson.com, and, and read my silly thoughts. Oh, good. I I have read your silly thoughts. It's very intelligent, sir. Oh, now, next next week, the the producer director of Night Winds and and one of the stars of Night Winds. Uh, 
the poet, the filmmaker, the actress. What else can I say? Uh, Jean Marie Spacusa will be my guest. And she will, uh, she's got a lot to do and a lot of things to happen. So she'll be here at four o'clock next Thursday. All be well, fly right, and have a good night. Good night. Sir?